Welcome, my friend, to Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. I know that we have not posted a video in quite a while, and you may have been thinking that this page was dead, but nope, I'm still here. And I apologize that I haven't been able to post as frequently as I would have liked to, but we are bringing this page back from the dead in your minds, hopefully, and we are posting this on the 17th day of Nisan on the Hebrew calendar, which is actually the biblical day of the resurrection. I know that this past Sunday, churches all around the western part of the world celebrated what they call Easter Sunday, but that's not actually based on a biblical reckoning. Biblically, Jesus was crucified on Passover, which is explicitly stated to be the 14th day of Nisan, and the resurrection was three days later. So the anniversary of the resurrection is not always going to fall on a Sunday. Churches observe it on this day because early on in church history, they deliberately separated themselves from the biblical text on this issue, and they devised a formula to make it always fall on a Sunday. But things like Good Friday are man-made constructs. They're not based on scripture at all. Jesus was not crucified on a Friday. He was actually crucified on a Wednesday. But anyway, we may talk about that in a future post. Today, on this scripturally based anniversary of Jesus' resurrection, I wanted to post a quick video to bring this page back to life. Now, I know that we've been working our way through the book of Job, and I do plan to get us back to that very soon. But let's talk really quickly about something else, and that is the method of teaching that we use on this page. Now, if you have followed this page or watched any number of our videos, you know that our method of teaching is expository. It is exegeting the text book by book, chapter by chapter. I firmly believe that God had you and I in mind when writing his word, and any subject that is relevant to our lives today can and should be drawn out of the text itself. But may I say, that is not the method used in most churches and by most preachers today. There are a few, but for the most part, preaching in the majority of churches across America today goes something like this. Tell a story, preferably a humorous story, connect that story to one or two verses somewhere, and wrap it up by giving people some kind of self-help principle that will encourage and uplift them if they apply it in their lives. The problem with this is the connection to the verses is more often than not out of context from the original intent of what the author was writing. If the verses are used in, in their proper context, which that is rare, the preacher usually then is synthetically pulling things together to make a preferred point or to arrive at a certain end goal, to get people to do something that ultimately will help out the goals of that individual church. Now, this, this method, which can be found in the majority of churches today, is quite shallow, and it doesn't probe the depths of God's word to find the treasures and the wisdom that he has hidden there for us to find. But very candidly, this method is used because of the perceptions that people have about the Lord Jesus, which may not actually be accurate perceptions after all. Now, what do I mean? Well, this method is justified 
because the average Christian and the average church leader today even thinks that this was the preferred teaching method of the Lord Jesus. If you ask the average church, average churchgoer what was Jesus's preferred method of teaching, invariably, what will be the answer that you receive? Parables, right? Parables. Jesus told parables. And because Jesus told parables, he told stories, that should be the way that we teach. End of discussion, right? Except for one thing. Were parables really the preferred teaching method of the Lord Jesus? A careful reading of the Gospels actually tells us differently. The problem is your average Christian and even your average church leader is not likely to be reading the scripture all that carefully. But what happens when we become like the Bereans, when we examine the scriptures daily to see whether these things are so? Well, there's a couple of things that stand out. First, there is one incident which is glaringly obvious because it's explicitly stated. In Luke 24, after Jesus rose from the dead, he appears to two disciples who are walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. That's a distance of about seven miles. And now these two guys, they don't recognize him when he shows up, and they give him their rundown of everything that happened concerning Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And take note of the way that Jesus answers them. We find it in Luke 24, verses 25 to 27. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. He gave them a seven-mile Bible study. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. If that is not a literal definition of expository teaching, I don't know what is. But someone will say, well, that's just one time. That's not the method that he used most often. But is that true? Let's see what else we find in the Gospels. Earlier in Luke, when we have this detailed retelling of Jesus' earthly ministry, we find some very interesting things. Starting in Luke 4, verse 14, we see, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout all the surrounding district. Okay, nothing too surprising or new here. News of him is spreading throughout the entire region, and this is partly because of the miracles that he's performing. But then Luke says this in verse 15, And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And later on, Luke tells us in verse 31, And he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath, and they were amazed at his teaching, for his message was with authority. And then again in verse 44, So he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So four times in Luke chapter 4, we're told that Christ preached in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And verse 16 was very adamant that this was his custom. This is what he did week in and week out. You see, most of the teachings that get recorded, the parables that we read, which, 
by the way, the parables are all layered with references to the scripture as well, but we'll talk more about that another time. The parables that get recorded are the unusual teachings. They're the exception, not the rule. His custom, his habit, his pattern, every week that went by, week in and week out, Jesus was in the synagogue on the Sabbath teaching. And what was he teaching? Not parables. Luke records in detail, step by step, what Jesus does. He goes to the synagogue. He stands up to read the text. Having read it, he then sits down and begins to explain what he just read out loud. And the people were astonished at his teaching because they understood it. They marveled at it because it was so simple. It was authoritative because it was the unadulterated word of God. Preachers are told today to only include small amounts of scripture in their sermons. But may I say, when you graciously teach the truth of the word of God with the authority that it demands, people will not be able to get enough of it. Look at the next chapter in Luke 5 verse 1. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. The crowd is pressing in listening. Despite what the church growth gurus today say, despite the opinion polls and the neighborhood surveys, people want to hear the word of God. They may not know it, but when they hear it, their soul sings. Gracious, truthful, authoritative, biblical, expository preaching is like a breath of fresh air or a drink of water to a parched tongue. If you ask a child what they want, uh, whether they want candy and chips for dinner or if they want to have green beans and chicken for dinner, which one are they going to pick? They're going to choose what is bad for them. When churches allow non-Christians or baby Christians to pick what they want to hear on a Sunday morning, they are allowing them to pick what is bad for them. Pastors and elders need to take a cue from Jesus and from Scripture that expository preaching is what Christians need for growth. The reason that I'm so passionate about this is because I love the church, but I ache when I hear the preaching in most churches across America today. And on Sunday morning, these churches are serving up nothing but cotton candy and potato chips for the people that come. And they justify it by saying, well, Jesus told stories, so we should too. No, Jesus preached the word. Preach the word. Spread the word. Because Jesus preached the word. And that's it, my friend. Just a few quick thoughts for you. I'd be curious to know what you think. Feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe. But like always, don't accept what I've said. Because your job now is to be a Berean. Find out what the Bible says about this and come to your own conclusions. Search the scriptures daily and see whether these things are true. Face and destruction before.